Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 53rd dose, and it's called Magic Capes. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some of the magic I've discovered in the real world. And by this, I mean the things that are mm, sparkly, but not just in a visible sense, also the things that sort of make you like tingle and excited, the things that feel like they capture some of the mystery of existence. And I'm fascinated by the intersection between these mysteries of our psyches and spirituality and how they intersect with the physical or what we normally think of as the real world. I'm doing little quotes as I say that. And so I explore that intersection on this show. And I'm making this particular episode about magic capes because it's overdue. I've been making magic capes for years. And if you follow my Instagram stories, you've probably seen some pictures of them in the last year or so. And I am passionate about magic capes. And so I want to tell you what they are, how they work, how I make them. And I hope that you find this episode fun to listen to. I hope you find it inspiring. And I hope that you or somebody you know eventually wants me to make you a magic cape because that would be super fun and also magical. So, magic capes. Uh, Well, they are what they sound like. They are capes, like a garment that you wear. So classically, a cape has like no sleeves. Uh, You can think of like a Superman cape, Superwoman cape, a like little red riding hood cape. Capes have this sort of mythic quality to them. It feels like we understand that they're like not, I mean, you could wear them every day, but they're sort of not an everyday garment. They're on one hand completely practical in that they are like warm and gorgeous and feel very, uh, it feels like wearing a nest sort of, but they're also like impractical and that, you know, it's, they're not like a Gore-Tex raincoat. They're not like a business suit. Like they are their own category of garment, which I believe needs to make a resurgence in culture. <laughs> uh, so yeah, capes is the, the way that I make them. Sometimes they have a hood. Sometimes they're long. Sometimes they're they usually like are below the waist. I'd say usually bel- between the waist and, and knee. Sometimes they're very long. Often they have a hood, not always. I often make them kind of thick, uh, so they're like warm and a bit heavy. But sometimes they're, they're light and flowy. So they come in all shapes and sizes, and they are magic. And so let me kind of tell the story, and I think you'll get a sense for how these work as we go through this. So the term magic cape came about in my life probably about, oh gosh, like 12 or 13 years ago. And I can remember the place. I was waiting for the Mill Bay Ferry, which is like a southern ferry from where I live, uh, that connects, actually connects two parts of the island, just goes across this little bay. And my dad had somehow come to visit me or drop me off. He must have dropped me off at the ferry terminal. And we had some time to wait. So we were 
sitting at this kind of balcony bench thing, just talking, <laughs> waiting for the ferry. And and I, he basically asked something like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would have been about 22 at the time. And, and I said, like, quickly and clearly, I want to be a magic cape maker. I don't think I'd ever said the phrase before. It's almost like it just caught me off guard, but felt so true in the moment. And then I proceeded to explain what I meant, sort of surprised that I even knew what I meant. And it's about how I believe that we can put intentions into physical things and then though be reminded of those intentions by the physical thing. So we can create kind of this feedback loop of meaning and support in objects. So we do this, for example, with souvenirs, where we might purchase something in a special location and then bring it home to remind us of that experience. So we attach the meaning and memories to that physical object and and then when we see it, it reminds us and links us back to that time. We may have like a nostalgic piece of clothing from somebody who was dear to us. We may have a piece of clothing that we consider kind of lucky, like this is a phenomenon in sports where it's like, oh, you know, you're lucky boxers or whatever. And over time, they like, they keep getting richer with this meaning and these layers of memories. And similarly, we might have objects that we feel are like creepy or like bad news. And like, you just, you just like don't want them. You want to get rid of them or you feel like strangely linked to it. Like you want to get rid of it, but you can't. So I think we're, we're quite familiar with objects carrying energy and memory and intentions. So I believe that we can use this phenomena purposefully to our own benefit and therefore to the benefit of those around us. So in Magic Capes, I believe that we can harness this phenomena of creating a special garment and then it can be kind of therapeutic back on the wearer. So I wanted to be and now I guess have become a Magic Cape maker And that I use that phenomena of meaning in physical objects to create garments that support a particular energy that a person wants. So it's stylized both like artistically and how it looks, but also energetically in what exactly it carries for the person. As I say that, I'm imagining the few people who are listening to this who are like, Gee, that sounds like really airy-fairy. Um, and on one hand, I think it is. On the other hand, it, like, it, humans are meaning-making, symbolic creatures. Like, we do this as a thing. And it's, it's what religions work with. It's what culture and advertising works with. It's like symbols, meaning, objects... This is our whole jam. So it's like I'm, I'm using that phenomena in an intentional, I believe, loving, creative way. So over the years, since I declared this to my father, I have tried various iterations of making magic capes. 
for a while I tried kind of this sort of craft market approach, like making a bunch of them and setting up a stall, which was fun. And so they, you know, strangers bought them. To my delight, many years later, I was at a Halloween like block party event and I saw one of my capes walk down the street on somebody I didn't know, but I recognized the cape and that's super fun. Uh, and then some years I would just, you know, put it away, the idea and think, oh, okay, I guess I'm done with that. So there was a few years where I thought about really developing it into like an official business with like a name and, you know, like tags and prices and, uh, you know, a whole shtick. And that never got off the ground. It was a super stressful period in my life when I was thinking about it the most. Now it just seems ludicrous to think I could have pulled that off. And so now in the last year or so, my approach is, I think, slow and organic, I would say. There was a cape I was working on about maybe a year and a half ago that I had been working on this cape for like two years it had been it was like the cape I promised somebody before my life got totally rearranged and I would like try one iteration and the fabric would just not work and the design was going terribly I remade this cape probably three times and was brought to tears about how it was like this intersection of the frustration with the fabric my inability to manifest my design the the utterly long time it was taking me to make this and this feeling like I needed to complete it, not only because I'd promised it to somebody, but also because it was important to me. And also wondering whether like this dream of being a magic cape maker was ever going to go anywhere, you know, like was it ever going to become a thing? So since that cape, I have been very careful about how I go about these capes. I am currently not making a business plan of it and really enjoying the organic, like natural evolution of how it's developing. So that usually means that I get a little bit of inspiration about who might want or need a magic cape next. So sometimes I reach out to the person and say, hey, like, would you like a magic cape? (laughs) And I think everybody I've asked has been like, oh my goodness, yes. And sometimes the person finds me first and says, oh, I'd really like one. And then we start talking about the, the ideas or the energy that they want the cape to carry, which is one of my favorite parts because I love working with enough of an idea, but also with enough creative freedom. So the one I'm currently working on is, what should we call it? It's a balance cape. Uh, the, the recipient wanted to have the energies of balancing masculine and feminine in the cape. That was what they wanted me to work with. And so with that and my sense of their personality, I, you know, I look for fabrics in my own collection and also in thrift stores. I use almost exclusively upcycled, like recycled used fabric that I repurpose. 
the base of this one is a old wool blanket. So it's nice and thick and warm. And then on the back, it has a really large uh, emblems of a golden sun and then kind of a almost Mexican print and gray, like crescent moon. So it makes almost like a Venn diagram of the sun and the moon overlapping to symbolize that balance. So I love working with the energy that the person wants, the vibe that they're hoping that the cape will carry, and then having them entrust me with what that actually ends up looking like. And I, I wait for the fabrics to kind of arrive. You know, I hunt at thrift stores, but I don't, I don't often like have a, you know, like a, a fabric I know I need. It's more like the fabric just sort of arrives and I don't have a timeline when I make them. So this is not like a quick production because it feels important to me that I work on the capes when I feel good and when I feel like excited about it, not when I feel like begrudging or frustrated. So sometimes I pause at a phase for like, you know, a week or a month until I, sometimes that's a problem where I'm like, or a impasse, I should say, where I don't know how to solve the the current thing. Like right now on this hood, I've put a, a thin wire in the edge of it. So it's kind of moldable, which is fun. It's a new style I'm trying. And now I have to figure out how to end the wire, which I've never done before. And so it's sat like this for a few weeks, <laughs> partly because I was away hiking. And also because I'm just sort of sitting with it going, hmm, how do I end that? And I've come to trust this creative process that when I get to an impasse, when the timing is right, based on like my inspiration, sometimes it's a conversation with somebody else where I ask them their opinion or a random other source will provide the, the solution, that it flows and that there's really not much point in struggling through the production. So now this, this way that the capes are made has become for me part of the art form and part of the energy that they carry, part of the magic. Because I, I believe, and I heard from testimonials, that when people wear these capes, they can feel it. They can feel the specialness, the particular love, the, the expression of their personality and their desire. And, and that I hope then the cape with, with the wearer takes on this sort of the story grows, the life of the cape grows, that, you know, you can, I, when I write the notes, like the, the gifting note, or the, I guess it's not the tag, the note that goes with the cape when I send it off to the person, <laughs> um, I write in, like, care instructions, which usually involve, please wash this in, like, a stream, or an ocean, or, like, by hand, uh, it will last longer, and then it's made to be worn. It's made to be worn outside. Like if it gets dirty, that's great. If it gets stained, like all the richer that these are garments to be, um, yeah, worn and enjoyed and to take on a story. And I think they get richer and more meaningful the more experiences and story that they accumulate. And that could mean that the fabric actually wears and stains and changes. So to me, it's the beginning of a of a story of this special garment. 
And I've also currently, I, I don't have like a price point for these. It feels like each circumstance is a different arrangement. So that's also a bit of an experiment of what does it feel like to sense in each occasion what feels good and, and like feels reciprocal and beautiful and like not begrudging, but that that doesn't equate to the same price for each cape. So some capes I make and there's no money exchange. There's just gratitude or giving or sometimes there's another art form exchanged back. Sometimes the person pays for the materials and we trade some. Sometimes there's a money exchange and the price varies because every circumstance is different. So, you know, $200 to one person could be very expensive and $400 to somebody else could be like very, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't feel it. So it's like, how much is it worth is a, is a sort of strange question. And then there's my time and my effort. And, you know, the fact that $200 does mean a lot to me and $400 means even more as far as what I can do with it and how much I appreciate it. So it's like, yeah, it feels like it's, I don't even know that negotiable is the right word. It's like, it's because it doesn't feel like a, like a business negotiation. It just feels like, like a sensing operation. Like, okay, just feel into it. And, and something happens uh, that hopefully feels generous and loving for everybody involved. And I really wonder what happens when our transactions have that basis instead of a price tag. I I'm, I wonder, and I'm not sure that I will keep that up always. Maybe there comes a time when I'm making more capes. Like if I, you know, become a full-time magic cape maker, maybe I'll have prices then. I, I don't know, but it feels like I, I too am along for this journey of this, this idea that is captivating to me and that I want to share. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that you somehow see pictures of these either on Instagram or I think I'll put some on the Magic for Realists website because these will make a lot more sense if you see the pictures. And I wonder if I have more to say on that. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking at the fabrics for the two capes I have in the queue of the next ones I'm going to make. And they are also wool blankets. Oh, so if you have any old wool blankets, that's one of my favorite materials to work with. And I would be delighted if you sent them my way, either to make a cape for you out of or to make for somebody else. Yeah, like genuine wool blankets. I mean, I could make them out of non-wool blankets, but the wool is very pleasing to me. And it's warm and it wears well and it's a little bit waterproof. Yeah. And I wish I could, I want to try and describe to you the feeling of being cloaked, like wrapped in this loving garment. It really, it really does something cool. (laughs) 
And then the, the not so heavy ones, like the ones made out of, say, like flowy, stretchy bamboo fabric or like a sparkly lighter one, they have a different, like more sort of twirling, flying feeling. I've made some for children who I gotta say are much, they, it feels like they don't need to listen to this podcast to understand how capes can be magic, that children just get that. Like they understand that magic capes is a phenomena and that of course they would want one. And unfortunately adults seem to often lose that sensibility and need to be reminded. When I wear my cape around, like I wore it to the post office the other day to actually to send off a magic cape. And I often get comments on it. People are like, wow, like I love your cape. People know the word. They know it's a cape, even though they might not have one, which is interesting. Uh, And then I usually smile and say, oh, I can make you one if you want. And sometimes the person says yes. But several times the person who's like, so I'm 34 as of yesterday, but the person will be like in their, you know, 50s or something. And they'll be like, oh, like I couldn't wear one of those. Like they'll either say I'm too old for it or I'm too young for it. Like they have this idea that like only children or like really old people wear capes and that like middle-aged people don't wear capes. Like tell me where they're getting this idea. And I want to like, you know, write a letter back and say, this is ridiculous. Like anybody can wear a cape. <laughs> anybody can wear a cape. And I feel like the people who have some resistance to the cape because it's too playful or it's too strange, they may benefit from the cape medicine more than anybody else. <laughs> so, but also you can't like force a cape on somebody. It needs to be desired and wanted. Uh, so I really don't think there's an age limit on this. They're also super friendly as far as sizing goes. You can like change, you can change shape. You can change, like wear bulky winter clothes or not. You can lend it out to a friend. They're very friendly as far as sizing goes. I do make them different sizes. Uh, when I have a new recipient, I ask for the measurement of between their shoulders, like on a coat or a shirt, and then tailor the cape accordingly so that it curves down at their shoulders uh but it's not like a super tight fitting specific size so they're very friendly to share and also easy to make for somebody who like I don't have to have them here in person to do a fitting we can do it remotely so wherever you are in the world you can still have a cape and I can send it in the mail uh yeah If you have any specific questions about magic capes, feel free to get in touch. Uh, I would love to answer them. I would love to start a discussion about a cape for you or somebody you love. They can be a surprise. They can be not a surprise. Yeah, they're just uh, an interactive, artistic, loving, magical process. And I wanted to share it with you. So thank you for listening. And... Yeah, the best ways to be in touch with me are on Instagram at Magic for Realists or through my website, magicforrealists.ca. And love to hear from you there. And there's often pictures on my Instagram stories of capes in progress, in process. So follow along if you are interested. 
and oh other thing you can also make a magic cape out of something you already have uh you probably you might already have one actually you might have like a jean jacket that you're adding patches to you might have like a sweater that you keep repairing you may already have a garment <clears throat> that has special meaning in it and that maybe this will just bring some awareness to that phenomena or maybe you will want a very specifically designed cape that you know if you're having like a life transition or there's an energy that you feel like you're lacking and you want to support yourself with this is like a tangible way to carry and remind yourself of that and it's really fun okay that's it for now thanks for listening and i'll talk to you later bye for now